I have come here to Krakowie, and I'm all out of bubble. Really licked his ass. Are you watching closely? Welcome to Midnight Showing. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this week the movie we watched at midnight was Abel Ferreira's King of New York. Was it worth it? That's what we're here to tell you, and don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. Luke? Set in the year of its release, we open upon a prison cell housing Frank White, a notorious gangster who has spent a considerable amount of time in prison. And once he gets out, he of course has an agenda. Although this agenda includes murder and drug trafficking, Frank sees a much bigger picture in which he can use these illicit activities to give back to the community with the influx of money he makes off of these illicit activities. Where are his morals? Well, Nash and I will discuss that when we get into the movie. <laughs> and it is directed, as I said earlier, by Abel Ferreira. Um, he has directed a lot of movies. He's got a pretty lengthy uh, filmography, um, movies and documentaries, a few TV episodes, Miami Vice. But I really don't know this director, and I feel like he's a very strongly opinionated uh, director if you do know him. Um, he's no most well known for Bad Lieutenant, New Rose Hotel, Mary, and this film, King of New York. He's probably the best example of a cult director. That's why I said he's pretty polarizing, I think, because he doesn't have a huge following. He's not making incredibly famous movies, but people that know his movies tend to like them and tend to like them a lot. So probably one of, I would say he's probably our best example of a cult director that we've done so far, I think. And tag teaming this movie in the writing section is Nicholas St. John, and it appears as though he's written a ton of movies as well, and most of the movies that he has written were directed by Abel. So um, we got a tag team here. You know, we got a tag team. And uh, they have another movie called The Funeral, which also stars Christopher Walken. So maybe that movie will be on our plate since uh, it's pretty much the same three people in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, we love to see movies that we've never heard of with huge stars in them, um, especially once the walk in. I mean, come on, come on. He shoved <laughs> um, it up his ass. Uh, yeah, so the trailer for this movie, it was weird to find on IMDb. There were two of them. Um, we went with the 22nd trailer because that one seemed most like a trailer. Um, it was very short, very simple, told the plot pretty well, didn't give you anything you needed to know, or it didn't expose stuff that you should have known or that you should have discovered in the movie. I think it was a good trailer. The other one that I saw, it seemed like it was a clip from like an awards show because they just showed a clip of the movie. And personally, I think that would have been a phenomenal trailer if it was released as a trailer. Um, for this movie, just because it showed in one scene Frank White's character. Um, and that's really probably the most intriguing thing about this movie is who Frank White is. 
Who is Frank White? Well, I can run through the cast to give you a good idea. So, Frank White, of course, is played by the legendary Christopher Walken. I think this is the first time we've seen him since we did Deer Hunter way back. Uh, alongside Walken is Lawrence Fishburne, dude. This is our third week in a row with Larry Fishburne playing Jimmy Jump <laughs> in this movie. Then we got David Caruso playing Dennis Gilly. You probably know him as the CSI Miami guy who takes off his sunglasses and says something cool. <laughs> we, got, we got Victor Argo playing Roy Bishop, he is kind of the lead detective who's going after Frank White. Wesley Snipes slides his way in there as Thomas Flanagan, the other police officer. Then we got Gianni Carlo Esposito. Uh, you probably know him as Gus from Breaking Bad. He's playing Lance. And then uh, Steve Buscemi is in there for like two scenes too, and his name was Test Tube. So <laughs> I didn't know his name, so I'm glad we put that in there. The theme. This was a tough one, ladies and gents. Uh, we settled on the ambiguity of justice. Um, and we'll explain why in a minute. But first, the infamous thumbs up or down, Luke. A thumbs up. Thumbs up. I like Frank. I'm going to give it a thumbs up, too. And we sound a little bit hesitant, and we'll definitely get into that. But now this. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the theme. I think it's important to note right off the bat, the movie doesn't shove it down your neck at all. It does quite the opposite. Um, in fact, I didn't really understand what was sort of Frank's mission till like halfway through the movie. Maybe even later than that. Yeah. Um, and that ambiguity of justice, it really only becomes important and obvious in like the last second to last scene of the film. Yeah, it really um, it, it comes to fruition in like a soliloquy almost. You know what I mean? And then yeah. it's like, oh, that was the point. But, you know, as a good place to start, um, I'm not sure if that moment really had as much power behind it as it could have because it was a little confusing getting to that point. And although that soliloquy gave us a little bit of clarity into what the whole point of the movie was, the steps to get there are a little all over the place, if you ask me. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good example or that's a good reason to get into Frank White's character as a whole because, like you said, we both had confusion for a majority of the film as to like what his end goal was. Um, and we definitely need to go over that if he actually achieved it, because he gives us the question in the end. But looking back, it's kind of up in the air. If is he right? <laughs> uh, it's, it's very up in the air when you consider the actual implications of <laughs> what what's happening. So I'm definitely excited to talk about it, dude. So I think I think I kind of I kind of want to open open up the whole discussion on just um, I found this movie because it was on a list of um, gangster movies that don't have Robert De Niro or were directed by Martin Scorsese. On it. That's, that's, how, that's how we discovered this movie. And so um, in terms of being like a gangster movie, like a, not really, a, it's not really a mob, a mob movie, like the Godfather per se, but um, in terms of like just being a crime movie with Christopher Walken, I think it is straight down the middle of being what I saw on that list as just being a gangster movie that wasn't, directed by these people and at the end of the day how much 
moral ambiguity is really being questioned of us. You know, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because let's let's see, like what his end goal Because Let's just be straightforward with it. He wants to open up that he wants to keep that hospital open or like revamp it, modernize it so it can continue serving people because the city is going to close down. And that's like in his home neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so that's his goal. And he is a crime lord. He just got out of jail, right? So he served his time, and it's alluded to, never specified or really brought up. That's probably the most confusing part, that he sort of changed his character after being in prison. And that's probably the biggest thing that they don't mention that I think they should have to some degree, just because it seems like his gang or group of but it's a gang i guess his group of hooligans his hooligans and cronies they were all just sort of really cool with it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they're like yeah we'll help you not get us paid and open this hospital which seemed a little weird without explanation they just sort of followed his they just sort of followed what he was doing, which seemed a little weird, just given the fact of how really diverse his gang was. Yeah, no, for sure. I totally agree with that. And, you know, I think I think kind of one of the issues with this movie and this script is that Christopher Walken kills it. Frank White is a phenomenal yeah. character. And honestly, he doesn't get enough time in this movie to really become a great character. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we're given the story that moves very quickly with a lot of characters while Christopher Walken is really just honing it in as this Frank White person. And by the end of the movie, I don't even feel like I really know who Frank White is that well. And honestly, that kind of disappoints me that I have to get into a discussion with you about it to figure it out rather than just watch the movie and be like, wow, that was a really sick character. And sick isn't cool, not sick as in doing messed up stuff, even though he does do some messed up stuff. Yeah, and that's like what, what I said about that trailer earlier. Is like that the one they presented was that scene that I remember you Luke specifically said that was pretty hard where they're on the subway and he there these three other guys try to mug him and he ends up, you know, shows them his gun and then throws them a wad of bills and says, I got work for you. Come to my come to the Plaza Hotel. Yeah, that, that was, was hard. That was really hard. One of the coolest things I've ever seen a walk in knocked it out of the park with that and i feel like that's the only moment though dude you know yeah to not see more of that is kind of like uh it leaves you wanting more and i think you made a very good point about bringing up the godfather because a big distinction there is you've probably got the same amount of characters if not more right that Mm -hmm. all get a lot of screen time but all of those characters are so intricate and you know who they are. Yeah. They have enough screen time and enough shots where you can understand that character's psychology without having to be told. Yeah. Granted the Godfather is about twice, twice the length of this movie, but it's still, it's still not a pass because even when that, 
uh, subway scene happens, we're not even really given them the the guys who mug them on the subway. Like we only see them in the rest of the movie. They don't have any lines of dialogue. Like one of them is Walt's dad from Lost, who I think is a pretty good actor. And the dude's really just in that scene. And then he's just like with their gang and he doesn't really have any dialogue. Yeah. Like, it's not like Lawrence Fishburne is like talking to him or like anything like that. So yeah, man, I think I think opening opening up the conversation by just being like, I want more of these Frank White moments. I wanted it to amount to more is again, like it's not a bad critique for a movie to want more out of it. It's just again, I think we had this conversation with like Band of the Hand the other week or even Event Horizon last week. We were like, yo, I'm frustrated. There isn't more. Just give me more cool stuff, you know? Yeah. And another thing is when we see uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character, like that scene that I really like is right before he gets arrested, you know, and he's ordering all that food and he's interacting with that family. You see two totally different character types, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that gives him so much depth, but by that time it's too late because he dies in, in like two scenes over, you know, actually I, I got a good point about that. Right. So first off, I'd like to say Lawrence Fishburne, I thought did a really good job in this movie, not playing the average Lawrence Fishburne. If you go back to band of the hand, which he was also in, he played a gangster as well, but he was still a lot more like classic Lawrence Fishburne, like talking in a very like, um, like straightforward tone. He's the boss. You don't question this guy. In this yeah, movie, very commanding yeah, tone. Commanding tone. That's the word. In this movie, he played a completely different character, and I think he nailed it out of the park. And what kind of bothered me about it was that that scene happens, and then we're introduced to the cops. And then after we know the cops, we get a couple scenes with the cops. And then Lawrence Fishburne is just already out of jail and stuff. You know what I mean? And so it it's it's like we have this really great scene that establishes who this character is doing this thing for like that family. He's, he's talking, he's talking shit the whole time. Like it's clear that he's not a pussy. He just like, well, really he's, he's, it's hard to explain and it's hard to explain because there isn't more examples. There isn't of enough. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that that's why it just feels like those characters weren't given enough time or enough lines to really show their full potential. And that the same goes for the cops on the other side. We get snippets of them. We're like, okay, that guy's a bad guy. I guess he doesn't seem very nice. He doesn't, he doesn't seem like a very fun guy. He seems like the guy that gets you kicked out of the bars every time you go. And so, (laughs) and so like we get that snippet, but we like, we know there's more to that character, right? Mm -hmm. We know that that character isn't so one dimensional, but we don't see enough to bring that forward. And it's so annoying to just see a little bit from walking a little bit from Fishburne, And then that's it. It's yeah. like you, you could have added, cause I love that character, Frank white. Mm-hmm. I love how they don't have a character that's just saying exposition. Yeah. I think that is probably a very good thing. You know, they don't, this, the plot is relatively simple, right? Cause he's, he's essentially, turned into a good guy or he's trying to have the end result be good right Mm -hmm. like that's simple to find and you can understand it once the movie's over and i like the fact they don't tell you but i need to see more character 
to actually like feel it. Well, it feels like no one's in the spotlight, and this is a movie where Frank White or Lawrence Fishburne should have been in the spotlight, you know? Like, take yeah. take Jimmy, for example, the guy who's going in between, and he's kind of the informant that will go and reach out to uh, the person in the beginning, then he reaches out to the uh, guy in the, uh, like, movie theater. Like, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know how he's related to Frank. I don't know why he's intertwined in all these things, and then at the end of the movie, he just double-crosses him, and it's like... This guy was given a decent amount of screen time to really not amount to that much. So, like, yeah. do I want to see Jimmy talking to uh, the guy in the theater watching Nosferatu? I mean, it was a cool scene, but could it would have been cool if Frank White went there and, like, pulled his dick out or something. You know what I mean, bro? Like, <laughs> I wanted that subway scene throughout the whole movie, but then we're given all this. And kind of to build off that note, too. I was kind of bothered by the cops in this movie and just the amount of time we were given to them. Like Wesley Snipes and the guy from CSI Miami, uh, David Caruso, like, okay, we're introduced to them and then we get a random wedding scene and then we're back to them and then they slowly get intertwined. But none of it amounts to anything other than like this guy, these cops are just like rough and tough. I want to shoot you if you're a bad guy. But like, what did it amount to really, you know? Yeah. And that's a very good point. Like we needed more scenes because it, it's a. I, I got the feeling that uh, this is jumping Jimmy. He that's was like, the, burn, yeah. like he was like a lieutenant, right? He was yeah. the highest ranking guy on the street. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he, how, you know, how he can lo- you not be when you go akimbo all the time, dude? He loves, he loves <laughs> the akimbo mod. Going akimbo, that was hard. All right, <laughs> pointless, but it seemed cool <laughs> and. We needed more alone time with him and walking is probably is probably the biggest, like the easiest way to solve that issue, just because then you get more of those characters behaving with each other, mm-hmm. which would have been, I assume, unfiltered and uncensored. They wouldn't have been worried about anybody else's opinion. I think you you brought up another point that I want to get into that relates sort of to the wedding scene, but mostly to that guy that peed on uh frank um this movie is Wait, riddled what? what scene the scene where that guy peed on uh was it frank or jumping jimmy no um he he peed on not lawrence fishburne but the uh, i'm pretty sure that guy's name was jimmy who double crossed him at the end um in the he he got peed on in the very beginning by that guy who like got shot first by frank white when they're and then frank well yeah and then and then frank walks in okay yeah, yeah, yeah then yeah. everybody walks in mm-hmm. That scene and a bunch of other scenes in this movie are just super awkward. Yeah. <laughs> like it's got because you got to think about it. And I was thinking about this once I saw that guy pee on. It's like, so that guy you're telling me that guy had to pee that whole time he was sitting <laughs> playing poker. Like because you can't just if you don't have to pee, you can't just like pee. Right? Like, you have to have a full bladder to do it, you know what I mean? <laughs> Poker's all about the long game, bro. You're telling me you just uh, hold yeah, it for, like, yeah, four yeah. hours, dude? <laughs> yeah, I like, probably folded in between. so many hands because he was doing the pee-pee dance, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that seemed really awkward. And then you've got, like, the dancing scenes, which are super weird. <laughs> yeah, got, well, Christopher oh, Walken, dude. Look at those moves, bro. <laughs> Christopher Walken dancing is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> And you've got like transition shots that seem very long and out of place. And that's just like that really is another sort of negative to the movie, which is the thing. Like we like this movie clearly, 
because we like these characters. It's just there's so much that there's so much more that should have been in there. I've th- This has been the last three movies that we've done. Band of the Hand, Event Horizon, and this one were all really great um, lines, really, really great bottom line of content. But then I just wanted it to build on top of itself even more. This one relates more to Band of the Hand than Event Horizon for sure. But like if you go back to the Band of the Hand um, episode, our thing was that it just felt like a lot of surface area. It felt like we weren't defining too much. It was just stuff happening. Th- that's 100% this movie. 100% this movie is Frank White just doing stuff rather than understanding why Frank is doing stuff. And I guess we can kind of try, try to like tie it into the end there because like we said, that final soliloquy really brings it all home for what the point of it all was. But like... It was. It wasn't even clear when it was happening. What he was doing with those two hundred twenty pounds of cocaine. Yeah, that was that was really weird. Because the end goal, okay, he wants to do right by his community. All right, which isn't totally on. It really isn't totally unheard of for drug lords. I mean, you could debate that for Pablo Escobar. He was a ravenous murderer. Yes. But he did sort of help his own community when he could. And so that's not like a totally foreign concept. It gives a slight amount of moral ambiguity there. But for this one, it's kind of like it doesn't make too much sense because he's selling it back into his community. So if he's selling like 15 or was it 16 million dollars worth of cocaine back in his community don't you think that's gonna end up pretty bad (laughs) it's not gonna well obviously he wants to he wants to redo it so all the heart attacks that are happening out they can get treated and get good and then go back on the street and buy more so i think it's really just the long con in general you know (laughs) it's like that south park episode with minecraft they get the coke they do the drugs they do the drugs they go to the hospital they go to the hospital they get out they do more drugs it's like it doesn't seem like his plan has a, a good ending because he just keeps it. You know, he he keeps the negative. You know, he they're going to be a bunch of people addicted, incredibly addictive drug, and and okay, so it's either going to be sold as cocaine or crack cocaine, which is even worse and more addictive. So. Either way, he's getting a lot of people addicted to something um, that is very harmful to the body. And that would just increase crime and decrease health in general, especially such vast quantities of it. It was a lot. (laughs) Because that's the big thing is Pablo Escobar went and sold it to America. So at least it really wasn't in his own community. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying he should have gone over the border with those 220 pounds and it would have been chill? I'm saying he couldn't because they're the ones who are selling it to us. <laughs> they, they, they were in New York, so they probably should have gone north to Canada before they went down south. That, that's where everybody was doing it. <laughs> either going to go sell it in like California or <laughs> Miami. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> or New York. <laughs> so it's, it's like it's a weird point to harp on. But again, like that's a good example of just why this movie doesn't feel super well expressed explained and if it was explained in a better way uh we'd be having a different conversation right now you know (laughs) yeah it's like 
it's like because he asks that question and it happens in a lot of movies and that point gets sort of smashed in throughout the whole movie and it's kind of obvious and this one I didn't think it was that obvious until the very end where he says that and he asks you know like it was either like the police chief or some guy the guy in charge and I was just like no it's definitely not what he's doing is definitely not the same he's definitely not morally better because he's we saw him torture people (laughs) (laughs) we saw him torture people and his end goal doesn't really help with his methods to getting there Uh, yeah as I'm thinking about it I just feel like I really don't know that character and I want to know him way better than I do you know exactly and that gets us wanting because you can't like looking at that question right now it's just like no clearly you're not any better clearly you're worse very blatantly you are worse Mm -hmm. and if you (laughs) at at what point do these ends justify these means so when when he's giving that soliloquy okay yeah that guy was uh pimping out 14 year olds okay i agree he should probably be shot that other guy I i forget what all the examples were but he was like this guy's doing this how is this any better this guy's doing this how is this any better this guy's doing this how is this any better it's not that any of it's better it's just that it's not what you're doing so like he even makes the point he's like i don't want to make my money that way I feel like there there could have been a lot more in intricacies intricacies into what the actual crime he was doing to give back into to who his community was because even as from what I remember the most we really see of him doing with that money is rebuilding the hospital which is tight but like it's only like one real example of what he did to better the community you know what I mean other than saying like he wanted yeah. to be mayor. Yeah, he said he wanted to be mayor. And it's like what everything else happens in the movie is essentially turf war scenes. So it doesn't. <laughs> and it doesn't really make his point valid from that perspective. Like, OK, yes, the cops aren't the, the best people in this movie. They're not good. They're going to go illegally detain them or kill them, right? To stop them because the justice oh, they, system... They pulled up in ski masks, bro. They were not playing yeah. around. Clearly, they're not good. But also, you think about it, they <clears throat> were stopping a guy that was starting a turf war and selling $16 million of cocaine back into the city. Yeah. So, realistically, they're kind of better if you think about it like honestly the worst part about turf wars isn't gang on gang violence it's that violence can hurt anybody in the vicinity it's the stray bullets that go past people that aren't involved at all like that that's really the worst part about turf wars and stuff like that so i don't you're not morally better (laughs) so i guess i guess that the moral ambiguity within frank is really what's highlighted here and uh, i mean again i I feel like we're running in circles here but i don't know what he went through in prison i don't understand what he did before he went to prison i don't understand what the real difference is now yeah so just speaking in terms of the story it's not necessarily there, but it's carried by Lawrence Fishburne's performance, Christopher Watkins' performance, the idea of who Frank White is to really make it not a bad movie. But again, to me, it just feels like a lot of surface level. And of course, for it to be uh, kick-ass, I want to watch this movie once a week, it's got to be a lot deeper than that. Yeah. 
And to see those points, it's the solution to everybody's problem would to be more character development, or at least have that shown more. If we got a pretty gripping tale about walking in prison, you know, that while he's talking to Lawrence Fishburne, that would be pretty cool. And we'd probably understand his character better. And we could see why he's coming from like, we can see where he's coming from, but we just don't have enough of that to go on. We see cool scenes that make these characters fluid and more there, mm-hmm. but we don't see enough with it to put the whole story together with a perfect bow on top. Even even it, in the beginning, Chris uh, Walken asks Fishburne why he didn't come to visit him in prison, and he said, I just didn't want to see you in a cage, man. And they had this like weird look at each other where you think Christopher Walken might end up like turning on Lawrence Fishburne, which never happens in the movie. But again, it's yeah. like, do you want to give me that scene or do you want to just have this cool moment of dialogue when he like runs out of the room? Yeah. And also another thing, it was so weird that it was like the cop that died on the fire hydrant got hit with the fire hydrant was like the one that got married. But it's like, I wasn't too invested in that character. He didn't give me enough time to be invested into that character. I, even know, also, I don't know his name. I literally don't know his name. I didn't put him I in the cast because I didn't, I didn't <laughs> remember who he was. And it's hard to tell that that was him in that scene. I'm not even like, sure it was. <laughs> I, I, I assume it was. Like, that's the thing. I don't see him anywhere else in the gang of cops there. But I, I really don't know. And so that those elements of, like, the subtle... The movie has subtlety, and it's good. But it's got a little bit too much that isn't good as well. I totally and that's, agree. That's really where it because it does some of the subtle things very well. I don't need the question of moral ambiguity slapped on my head every five minutes like they do in a lot of modern movies. I like the way they presented it, but I wish they would have given more of the character so I can actually answer the, or I can actually have more ambiguity, you know, because from what I saw, no, it didn't. It, it isn't ambiguous. I know exactly who's on the right and wrong here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, let's let's take the subway scene that's really awesome, and then at the end when he pulls up in the limousine at the funeral and double barrel shotguns David Caruso because that was also a wicked hard scene that was like you go Frank White. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Oh yeah. That was um, so hard. So like, take those two examples. Weave the person who Frank is into what he wants to be you know clearly he's it appears to me as though he is not at the point that he wants to be at you know he wants to be the person who can rise above these other drug lords be the king of new york roll credits and um <laughs> like he, he he wants to be that person who has the moral high ground in these illicit activities he's doing I just feel like it should have been weaved together a lot more with these crazy moments of him being this hard gangster, throwing wazid cash at people who are trying to rob him, shooting people at funerals. Like, take those moments and weave them into Frank's own battle within himself to change as a person. Instead, I don't even really know if he wants to change as a person. This is all me kind of just shooting the shit with you about it because I think that's what the point is. You know what I mean? I don't know for sure. And why is that? Because there's too many characters. The plot's moving too fast. I'm not sticking with anybody and caring about them enough. Yeah. And uh, I think I'm going to say my final a final point I wanted to bring up and I'll give you time for yours. Um, the subway, pretty important. There's foreshadowing to it. He, he mentions how 
he mentions it in the beginning. It sh- he shows how authoritative and controlly is on the subway in that scene, and then that's where he dies ultimately, and we see him at his weakest form. Um, that's pretty much it. I thought it was a very cool sort of little tidbit. So, do you have anything else you want to add that you didn't get time to say? Uh, you know, I think I think I I again we kind of just like ripped into it, but like. You know, I don't think it's a bad movie. Like, I think it has a lot of really cool moments and it's not even asking a bad question. I just wanted to ask it in a way that kind of makes me question myself a little bit more in like what the what the final outcome is, dude. You know, I feel like there's so many movies and so many examples where like you really have to ask, do the ends justify the means? What are we doing here and how are we going to get there? Like Extreme Measures, for example, a good movie we watched last season, like I don't know if you should fake paralyze people. That's not really my place to say. But like, you're still making me ask the question. Like, I feel like Kings of New York might be a movie that's a little bit lost in those sands of time because it's kind of just Lawrence Fishburne playing a cool character and Christopher Walken playing a cool character. And then the plot just really isn't there, dude. So it's I think it's just another example of like you need to have not only good production and good acting, but you need to have a really good story. And I think the production on this movie is pretty well done. Like, for example, the scene in the club when most of Christopher Walken's gang gets shot um, when the cops bust in. That was a pretty, pretty good scene, dude, with the song playing like. Yeah. Even though I made the joke about the Akimbo earlier, like Fishburne's lighting dudes up in this movie, bro. Like I do not <laughs> want to mess with him. Like so you know, like you you take all those factors that are like that was well done. That was well done. I enjoyed that. But then on the opposite side for this movie, I just feel like the opposite side is a little bit too overbearing to be like this was an out of the park hit. You know, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of just the point I want to leave it on is that like even though it's not a movie that's going to make you be like, wow, I need a Frank White poster in my room. It's still like a pretty good movie, especially if you like gangster type movies and crime type movies. It definitely fits into that genre really well. Definitely. So to sum up The King of New York, it does achieve its goal by staging the ambiguity of justice at the end of the film. It certainly is an entertaining movie. And by not presenting that big question to you constantly, it actually makes you think about it looking back at the film and Frank White's drug empire. It is unique and has a star-studded cast. It falls short because it has too much of general awkwardness in the transitioning cuts, the party scenes, and the overall explanation of the plot and characters. The last two points kind of have a good and bad. The acting is phenomenal, for sure. With so many characters, though, there isn't enough screen time, and so it ends up feeling like there are too many cooks in the kitchen. The plot doesn't need much explanation because it's relatively simple, but really understanding what Frank's goal isn't there until you're more than halfway through the film, which is a plus for me because every piece of dialogue does seem unique from all these characters without ever having a character that's named exposition. The ambiguity of moral justice is also left hanging in the balance when we see Frank's cruelty and methods compared to his goal. Building a hospital is good, yes, but is distributing $15 million of cocaine in the same place enough to balance it out? And I don't think the movie gave us enough to work with for me to answer that question for you. 
Yeah, I could I could go back and forth with you about it in real life. But in the context of this movie, I don't think there's enough there to really get into it. And unfortunately, I think that's kind of affecting the conversation we're having right now, because if it was done really well, this podcast episode could have really tried to dissect that. But instead, we kind of had to talk about how we couldn't dissect it. You know what I mean, dude? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So. Thank you uh, for joining us tonight. Message us at Midnight Showing Podcast on Instagram or email Midnight Showing with Luke and Nash at gmail.com to stay in the loop for upcoming episodes and offer suggestions for movies we watch and future content we can bring to you. Be sure to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Uh, next week's episode features, I believe, Cape Fear. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but we're not going to watch the movie Cape Fear. We're going to watch the Simpsons episode and just review that. Great. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, remember, your donations keep the blue lights on. I am the legal system. (laughs) 